So I want to sing, even though it's not in this movie, I want to sing the the new Wayne's World theme. Wayne's World, it's Wayne's World, party time. Do, do, do. Excellent. <laughs> party <laughs> on, Wayne, and party on, Garth. I liked it. I also liked it in the movie. Yeah, but the first movie, not this movie. Right, accurate. I've never seen this movie. <gasps> You've never seen Wayne's World 2? I know. Okay. It's pretty much the Irishman of 1994. I just learned when I was... <laughs> I just learned when I was titling this episode that it came out a year after the first one. What'd 1993. What'd you go with the title? Wayne's World 2, mm. parenthetical, 1993. <laughs> I love that. I'm very creative You're with You're so titles. clever with those. <laughs> episode titles. Um, that's a quick turnaround. Yeah. They it was ha- a big hit. People loved it. I know, but they had to have been planning it, right? Like, movies take a long time to... F- even even this kind of movie, which is relatively low budget. Right. Do you... Uh, have you seen this recently, or do you... Did no, you see I haven't time? seen this in probably 10 plus years. Because you can get it in a two-pack at Target if you want. Get the Wayne's World 1 and the Wayne's World yeah. 2. And uh, oddly, Dumb and Dumber 2. I remember, like, they kind of all... They kind of both... The memories of them... Now that we've recently seen Wayne's World, I understand which one that is. But, like, before we rewatched it, they were, like, one thing that I remember, you know? Just one amalgam of catchphrases. Yeah. Because in this one, they, they put on a music fest. Okay. Wayne Stock, I think. Mm-hmm. Clever and, name, again. Yeah. And there's the roadie guy who's like, I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. He keeps telling the story. Uh-huh. I remember that being funny. How many characters does Wayne or Mike Myers play in this? Because as I know from his sequels, mm. it just goes up exponentially. If if Austin Powers 2 is any, any I guy. I don't... I could be shooting myself in the foot here, but I don't think he plays any other characters. He plays Heather Locklear. That was a trick question. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Uh, Kim Bassinger is in this. She's Garth's love interest. Mm-hmm. And Chris Farley's in this for real, playing a different character. Oh, that's going to mess with the cinematic universe, yeah. unfortunately. You you know, what's weird is like being only a year later, it's like, we all, we all know he was in that first one. <laughs> right. I guess it doesn't, it's not. We were there. He plays like, a, I think, a, like a, a friend, security guard kind of thing. So I think it's like, why don't you just make him the same character? <laughs> <laughs> but I could be the wrong. Same he ex- is the same character. exposition dumping character. Yeah, I don't remember much else. Uh, I remember I re- liking it. I remember seeing the commercials on the television, and yeah. remember that Garth's car gets. Uh, there's a stretch version, like a stretch right. limousine version of Garth's weird little gremlin that he was driving in the first one. I think we have more. That's all I have to contribute to this introduction. I think we have even more guest stars in this one. Mm. Like I think Aerosmith is in this one. Sure, and. That's always like fun, but also like they're not very good actors. So I don't remember if it like becomes an issue where you're like, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's fun a little bit. Like in the first one, um, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Of course, is Alice Cooper great... is genuinely, he does a good job too. Yeah, he's, yeah, but he's also in it for like a scene and yeah. it's supposed to be absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, he's a little stilted, but I mean, it's supposed to be a little yeah. like weird. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, it can sometimes get a little obnoxious, like in Austin Powers 3, another Mike Myers, where the, the opening movie version of Austin Powers was just celebrity after celebrity. And it's like, all right, guys, I get it. You now have cool friends right. that will be in the movie with you. I do like when Steven Spielberg goes like, my friend here thinks it's fine. And he's holding an Oscar. <laughs> I do like that. 
Yeah, there. It's but, like I, mean, I it, don't have any basis to hate this movie yet. Yeah. But we'll give me see. a chance. We'll see. I mean, this is the you know is this the beginning of? Because this was obviously Wayne's World was the first Mike Myers movie. So is this is the is Wayne's World two the beginning of Mike Myers? kind of getting f- more full of himself like as well i mean the, according to the well the first one yeah. he was still kind of an asshole about it yeah hmm. the weird thing about mike myers is then he disappears for like a decade and yeah. then comes back with a good idea that he then rams into the ground yeah and then goes away for a decade and then comes back with a really bad idea then he shows up in some tarantino films for a bit well because what awesome powers what like 99 I think so, yeah. I was right at the tail end of my high school years. We're Googling. Back to Googling. It might be 97 even, and uh, Spy Who Shagged Me might be 99. What's, is that, what's the first one? International Man. Yeah, International Man. Google the podcast. <laughs> 1997, you're right. Ooh, a f- great year. And Shagged Me? Weird way to abbreviate that. <laughs> that one is 99. And then Goldmember, that one is, Goldmember is 2000s. Yes, I mean, almost by definition, I mean, well, there's really yeah. no more room to put it in there. 2002. Wow, you nailed it. You yeah. really knew what decade it was in. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> We're dear friends. Um, I guess I don't really have anything else to say about this. So we want to watch the movie? Yeah. All right. I mean, let's go. We got We're going to watch waiting. Wayne's World 2. We'll see you shortly. Get the fuck out of here. DJ, Jacob Grimm here, son of Al Grimm. I uh, just wanted to talk about Wayne's World. After the movie came out, uh, I guess my dad had heard some of the catchphrases and he misunderstood the full meaning. So when I said a few days later that I was excited about something, I can't remember what and he enthusiastically shouted you know because that's what the kids were saying about exciting prospects these days I thought holy shit my dad made a boner joke and he doesn't know it I've never corrected him thanks for the show it is awesome I love it Keep doing what you guys are doing. Bye, DJ and Damon. Bye. Thank you very much, Jacob Grimm, friend of the show. Thank you, Jacob. I'd like to point out that the transcript of that call said, (laughs) Goodbye, DJ and a menu. (laughs) Which would have been better in retrospect. I do enjoy parents. I also uh, I do enjoy parents doing boner jokes. I also enjoy that it's somewhat implied that you never corrected him, so that it it's still going it seems on. like he's still doing it to this day. Where like you know his daughter's getting married and he's, <laughs> he's like, like swing swing. <laughs> to you and Brad <laughs> swing. All right, back to our show. If you want to be a patron of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. If you want to call and leave us a message, 615-576-0525. You don't have to be a patron to do that. You just leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. But you, but, but please do. But please be but a patron, do. but you don't have to be you a don't patron have to, to call. But if you could, please be a patron. Anybody it, can do anything. 
I'm putting that on your gravestone. Supreme Court Justice DJ Phillips. <laughs> Anybody can do anything, including murder. Will you please recap Wayne's World 2 for me and me alone? <laughs> wow. Well, get in close. Light that candle. Uh, so, Wayne's World 2 starts very much where Wayne's World leaves off. Wayne Campbell and Cassandra are together. Garth, still a virgin. Rob Lowe, still dead. Uh, <laughs> He's been wedged to death. Or uh, cavity searched to death. And uh, Wayne has a vision. Jim Morrison tells him to uh, start a, do an outdoor concert event. Mm-hmm. Not unlike 1969's Altamont. Uh, and uh, he does. He plans to have Aerosmith there. He plans to have Pearl Jam there. He plans to have Van Halen there. And he plans to have Rip Taylor there. So you know the vibe of the concert. <laughs> um, Your and- classic <laughs> concert festival feature- featuring Rip Taylor. Whilst preparing the concert, he uh, verbally and emotionally abuses his girlfriend, Cassandra. Mm. And uh, Garth almost plans to murder a woman's husband. But in the end, the concert goes off without a hitch. And that's Wayne's World 2. Yeah. That's that's the basic beats of it. <laughs> what would you... Well, well, we'll get to that. I have a very broad thing I'm going to write a note here. Ooh, right. Ooh, is that going to be your last thing? Because I have my last thing here, too. I've got yeah. a little star by it. Yeah. Jeremy Powell, and I hope you're listening. I got my last thing ready. Oh, because you always have one last I thing. I always have. And one last thing... Well, I think your one last thing. Where is are right. all the women in this movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this well. is usually my one last yeah. thing. Uh, also, I have a I have a catchphrase counter. Oh, thank so. you. Is that your one last thing, or is that your second no, to last? No, we can start with it. I don't care. Uh, fifteen think it's sh- fifteen swings. Um, now that right. is a little uh, bloated, just by the fact that there's one s- scene where. Garth's having a conversation at a bar and attractive women keep walking back and forth and he goes, swing, 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 swing. So there's at least 10 in that thing. But You're like probably... the Nate Silver of swings in that you counted each and every one of them and I appreciate that. Yeah. But I would have counted Dana Carvey's as one, gen- one general big swing. swing. Well, and the, you know, there's, there's a couple of different ones. Like uh, they do a salute to Heather Locklear and they say, showing. Right, and that's an extended one. Yeah, and then I, there is also when uh, Drew Barrymore's character, she plays a S- Swedish receptionist. And oh, a character said, we all know and love, and we've all quoted ever <laughs> since. I admire you, and I'd like to make love to you in the near future. <laughs> I actually have quoted that a lot. Uh, and then he goes, Schwergen, um, which counts. That's a schwang. Sure, yeah. no, yeah. We have three shias that yeah. I counted. There, there might have been a couple more that I missed that because that does kind of go by fast. That's just kind of like yeah. his verbal tick. Mm-hmm. But um, you would say it's almost like a characterization. Yes, I would. What Nina Hagen would would say is like the just the truth of the character. I definitely give that reference. So yes, <laughs> I would say that. Uh, he actually says no guff like three or four times. He also refers to a lot of gentlemen as Chet. Chet. I have Which that was, four uh, times at least. I don't know if that's a thing from the skit or if that's just, uh, or if it's, I don't remember it in the first one. So I don't know if that's a new thing for Wayne's World 2. Maybe he talked to a producer and he's like, here's the thing. 
people are going to be saying, Chet, after Wayne's World 2 comes out, you mark my words. I did quote that. Oh. A fair bit. There's one of many things I quoted in this movie. Not like often. So you but proved Mike Myers No, right. No guff, Chet. It's definitely a thing <laughs> that I've said. Um, the only one not that I counted. So they, they kind of let that one die out for this one, which is a good move. Moderation. I mean, that's really the, yeah. the true strength. I do of this movie. I do miss when uh, what's his name, the character actor, not the villain, but the uh, uh, in the last movie, Rob Lowe's assistant, who's oh uh, Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller, I believe yeah. you're looking for. I do. I did find the end of that movie when he's like not, and then he goes, "I'm sorry." Like it was <laughs> not something like it was a burp or something I like that. Um, okay, so what what else you got? What else do I have? Uh, well, I feel like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, am I on this show? Uh, You're the main thing on this show. Uh, I want to, as the resident gay, um, admitted homosexual, as they would have said on the Donahue show, uh, <laughs> there is a surprisingly unhomophobic asterisk yes for 1993 yeah right uh scene in a gay bar the gay bar is called the toolbox i want to say this generically about gay bar names in movies and tv shows yeah a lot of times you can go that's kind of homophobic but a lot of times you can also go but i can also (laughs) see a gay bar being named that yeah uh this one is called the toolbox right uh they come in um Dressed as village people. Well, they're doing reconnaissance. They're spying on, on Cassandra. They're spying on Wayne's girlfriend, well, yeah. which we'll get to yes. Wayne's toxic masculinity yeah. in this movie. But Wayne is dressed as a construction worker. Garth is portraying a Chicago policeman. Yes. Um, and uh, one of their friends is portraying like a biker guy. And then one of them is portraying a sailor out by the USO building, which is ludicrous. Um, but they all like start running away when, when Christopher Walken spots them and they run yeah. away and they hide in the toolbox. Christopher Walken is the villain And character. as they're trying to escape on stage, as they're trying to escape on stage, uh, the DJ at the toolbox spots them and starts playing YMCA and all the guys, all, you know, our heroes. Yes. Uh, start. Immediately go into start the Start dancing. Dance. And it's surprisingly like, Aside from the the DJ going, yes, girls, sing it, girls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, aside from that, it's like surprisingly not like mocking the gay guys. The gay guys are like into it. They're not, uh, they don't seem repulsed by having to do this thing. No, they're like super they're into super it. super into it. And to their credit, they do not do uh, the Native American until uh, the Native American that's been in Wayne's Visions does show, show up, up at the end, yeah. which... I guess I don't know uh, if that man is actually Native American, right? But I guess that's better than the actual village people. I don't think that guy was actually Native American, right? Yeah, it's maybe borderline, but it's not. It like I was pleased yeah. with it not being as offensive as it could have been, as they could right. have gotten away with. Yeah, uh, I wasn't even offended by it, really. Yeah, I'm like, good, thank you. They didn't seem bothered by being there. And this they didn't is, seem to like dry heave, which I feel like would have been right, the, yeah. the, the norm for if this were a Kevin James movie of the uh, early two thousands. Yes, that would. But uh, this is also where my friends and I learned the YMCA dance. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we were eleven when this came out. Like, and uh, this. I mean, this is the first time I ever saw it. So it's pretty much Stonewall. Uh, 
the AIDS quilt and Wayne's World too. That like, those what? are the milestones. How how, how out were you at ele- at eleven? Like how uh, up I on gay culture? Pride March. <laughs> and by Pride March, I meant quoted Madeline Kahn a lot in middle school. Eleven though, you were like in fifth grade. I said I quoted Madeline Kahn. I don't know why I turned into Robert Kennedy. I don't know either. We're going to do the things because they're hard. Like quote Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. <laughs> She's not even one of the the greater known actresses of that period. But that's why she's so great. We got Bo- Bob Odenkirk. Randomly that's appears true. In this. And Robert Smigel. Robert Smigel. They, Robert Smigel and Bob Odenkirk play a like the, Wayne and Garth are banished from the back backstage area for uh, the Aerosmith concert that they go to. They have backstage passes, but apparently not the kind they need to get back to the backstage yeah. area. And so they're <laughs> when they're shut out, they turn around and they realize it's all just the losers. <laughs> and then these super nerdy guys come up and they're like, how far did it take you to drive from Aurora? And it's Bob Odenkirk and Robert Smigel. And it was immediately like, Saul! Uh, I Coupon did like the that. Movie. I like that because uh, it builds on what we learned in Wayne's World 1. Right. Builds on the mythos of Wayne. Uh, but it also, I feel like I've been in that situation where it's like, hey, backstage passes. <laughs> and it's like a giveaway that they gave on, you know, Y107 <laughs> or whatever. And you get there and you're like, oh, we're all fucking losers. And there's a secret backstage <laughs> that we're all not. That's why the band has backstage passes to still keep us away from them. Yeah. Um, so I like that because it was uh, almost like a zombie movie as they turn around and realize they're in this <laughs> yeah. like weird catered area with all these just uh, slapdash losers. And it does give us a, a quote, not to start th- down the quote train, but Don't one do of the it. things that I've used before, which is, my mom gave me a dollar and dropped me off at the park and ride, <laughs> <laughs> which I have used. I didn't remember what it was from. <laughs> Those are the best kind of quotes. We have a similar uh, situation. Well, a lot of callbacks in this movie to the original movie, obviously. But uh, one of them is the, at the beginning of the movie, they pass by a guy going back and forth across the street with a plate glass window. Two guys carrying that. And then another <laughs> guy just stacking crates of chickens and another <laughs> stacking crates of watermelons. And they're like, oh, you're selling them. And they're like, nope, just got to keep these these crates stacked high. <laughs> and then- I... I like that. I don't think it was as effective as the originals, uh, Chris Farley relaying the executive's entire schedule. Uh, Because once it doesn't pay off as well, I mean, you uh, Wayne's driving. It wasn't really. It's not even clear like why he drives through that just to like lose his. Well, it was to lose the Mirthmobile and then get in the red car to make the 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 graduate graduate reference reference. more. Yeah. Yeah, which is like not. Why is that important? That you don't need the verisimilitude of the yeah, car to, yeah. to make it work. Yeah, uh, yeah that one, um, that probably goes to one of my larger points of yes. the meta bits not paying off. Right. But hey, we'll get I don't want to wanna derail you. Let's talk about Christopher Walken. So Cassandra is a year later after the end of Wayne's World 1, and uh, Cassandra is working with Sharp Records, and she is- With Mr. Big. Yeah, Mr. Big is still the president of the record company, but she, she's she got a producer who is helping her create this album, um, and it's he's played by Christopher Walken Bobby. This is the character name. And uh, he's definitely supposed to be a bit sharper than, than Rob Lowe's character, even though Rob Lowe's character was very like, handsome and with it. This guy is even, supposed to be even more- 
anti-Wayne. He's not manipulating Wayne. He's manipulating right. Cassandra, which he's not really even. He just doesn't like Wayne because he thinks Cassandra is going to be a big star and he wants to cash in on that. He thinks she's got a bad band. And even though they were pretty good, I thought in the first, I mean, that was the consensus is that they were a good band, but apparently in the studio, they're not doing so well. And so he's trying to manipulate her to go out to LA to record out there, which, you know, like it's treated like this big thing. Like it's not a, it's not a big deal. Like just go record your album in LA and then come back. Like what's the big deal? Right. I, I, I had trouble getting a beat on like uh, Christopher Walken's villainy. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious that he didn't like Wayne, but that right. seemed to be the extent of his true villainy. He seemed to be legitimately getting her good jobs. Yeah. Uh, he got on the tonight he, show on the fucking tonight show. Yeah. They haven't even made a record yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like she had no, yeah, it's going to be out soon. Yeah. She, she wasn't even sure when her, her thing she was promoting <laughs> even existed yet. She wasn't, Sure, so what was but out like what, <laughs> what was she doing just being hot on the tonight show uh and then uh surprisingly effective. and then J- jay leno brought up her agent which is also an odd thing to do on yeah. the tonight show yeah i i i couldn't i think i read on the imdb trivia that they wanted to get rob Lowe back which yeah i don't know how true that is but that would have made at least a little bit more sense because there would have been an established history, but it right. just seemed like the movie wanted me to really hate Christopher Walken. Right. But meanwhile, Damon, at least 2019 Damon, who knows what Christopher Walken is capable of. Not murder. I'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of just waiting for Christopher Walken to do his Christopher Walken thing. Yeah. Like Chris, Country Bears Christopher Walken or something like that. But he never really got to that point of yeah. being like kind of creepy and zany. Yeah. So it's just like, Okay, you hired this gaunt-looking, crazy-looking man. And they keep calling him handsome, but he's Christopher Walken. <laughs> in, Christopher Walken. In 1993. Like, it's yeah. not like he's 70s Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken in the 70s, I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Christopher Walken in the 90s, I'm like, okay, you're the Red Skull with, right. like, <laughs> face paint on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just kept waiting for him to do the meta Christopher Walken thing, yeah. and he never really did it. So it just seemed like a wasted opportunity, at least from my uh, 21st century perspective. Well, the um, only thing we got, the only thing Christopher Walken thing we got was a little bit of dancing. Oh, yeah. He, he dances did. with Cassandra. But it's not, it's mostly played for the, the sexual nature of their dancing. He did get a good running scene in, which is part of the, the, <laughs> He's got the, the village people. Sloshing like his kind hands. Kind of a He's, Bob Fosse type. Yeah, of, it's a very West, West Side Story <laughs> run. Ooh. He, we'll get to that later, too. Wait, what? Isn't that what Natalie Wood was in? Oh, Natalie Wood, West Side Story. Christopher Walken probably investigated her on West Side Story to know what she was capable of if she ever fought back. We are definitely. It's okay. Look, anyone could accidentally hire one of the potential murders of Natalie Wood, but Mike Myers hired two. Okay, let's them. just, since we're on it, let's just talk about that. You, you, I. <laughs> Know that Nellie Wood died in the say, 70s, 80s? When did she die? Uh, I think it was 1980 okay. or 1981, early 80s. And she's the only wood that doesn't float. <sighs> it's okay. That's not my joke. <laughs> doesn't You still said it. No, that's true. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, the joke was told to me in college, and I was the only person who laughed. 
That's because all those people didn't know who yeah, Natalie Wood was. Like, who the fuck is Natalie Wood? I'm like, <laughs> she's dead. Okay. Well, you just in case okay. someone else who listens to this, who is like me before you told this story off mic, who is Natalie Wood? What are you talking about? So Natalie Wood was probably, is probably best known nowadays for her role in West Side Story, but she was also- was she Maria? She was a child. She was Maria. Okay. Um, she acted in that movie, America. but of course her vocals were done by Marnie Nixon, as all women's vocals in the 60s were done by Marnie Nixon. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Natalie Wood was like a know. child star. And then uh, in the 80s, or she eventually married handsome actor Robert Wagner, okay. who people of our generation probably know best as number two in the Austin Powers movies, mm. Mike Myers. Um, and in 1980, she was on a boat with her husband, Robert Wagner, mm. and character actor and formerly handsome man, <laughs> Christopher Walken. Uh, and just, the captain of the ship who just had gone to bed. the four of them were on the... I believe so. Okay. Um, and they were all drinking, having a good time, carousing, one might say. Hopefully not the captain. No, of course. Okay. He was in bed asleep. Okay. I feel like Hercule Poirot. <laughs> <laughs> and his cabin was on the port side of the boat. <laughs> um, <laughs> just references that everyone's going to get. <laughs> I'm obviously referencing Death on the Nile, right? I mean, Everyone? I get I get the references, obviously. Obviously, you it's are from a straight the WWF. man. WWF. Wait, no, it's not. Sorry. Randy Savage? Uh, so anyway, the World Wildlife Federation? <laughs> okay. So they're on this they're on a yacht, they're carousing, having a good time. In the morning, Natalie Wood dead in the water. Now, the captain heard Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood arguing that. <gasps> but we don't know what happened to her. Right. I'm Again, I meant to look this up before we got in here because I feel like there's more evidence that kind of points to Robert Wagner and do Christopher Walken. Google the podcast? You want to do something? Uh, Google the podcast. Anyway, uh, the case was closed with no clear answer of what happened, but then eventually reopened somewhat recently, I think within the last five years. Police exonerated Christopher Walken recently, but Robert Wagner still wanted for questioning. Actually, that's a very legal term. I can't say that for sure. <laughs> so this is interesting. She, they Ooh. were married, divorced, and then remarried. So if this was an episode of Dallas, he'd be the number one suspect. Okay. You want me to just read this whole Wikipedia thing? Read the whole thing? <laughs> okay, no. Uh... Weekend boat trip to Catalina Island. Oh, of course, Catalina. Catalina, of course, in Spanish means murder island. Okay, so she was on a sh- show or movie called Brainstorm. Ooh, a, a, f- a favorite movie. of everyone. With Christopher Walken. Wait, there was a small... She was found one mile away from the boat, a small <laughs> Valiant brand inflatable dinghy beached nearby. Oh my God, Natalie, what? Autopsy revealed she had bruises on her body and arms, as well as an abrasion on her left cheek. But no she was struck as to how they or when they occurred. The autopsy found that her blood. Oh yeah, okay. We, we knew she was drunk, and there were traces wow, of emotion really sickness. Sort of, There's a lot of shaming in your voice. Then <laughs> we knew she was drunk. According to the coroner, she may have may had may have ah. She may have slipped while trying to reboard the dinghy. Why was she trying to reboard the dinghy? Robert Wagner, you're due for questioning. Her sister expressed doubts, alleging that she couldn't swim and 
would have been terrified of water all her life and that she would never have been on, left the yacht by her own on the dinghy. The case was reopened in 2011 after the captain publicly stated that he had lied to police during the excavation. Why did he lie? He alleged that Wood had been flirting with Walken and that Wagner was <gasps> jealous and enraged and that Wagner had prevented Davern from turning on the searchlights, Davern is the captain, and notifying authorities after her disappearance. Davern alleged that Wagner was responsible for her death. Walken Whoa. hired a lawyer, cooperated with the investigation, was not considered a suspect. So there you go. Christopher wow. Walken killed her. In February tw- 2018, Wagner was named a person of interest in the investigation into Wood's death. He has denied any involvement. <sighs> that's, a, that's a bummer. So you're saying Christopher Walken killed her. Is that what you're saying? No, it's not legally speaking. It is not what I'm saying. I would never libel someone in that way, nor would I write it down and thus defame him. Wait, <laughs> slander him, I believe is. Slander is written down and libel is spoken, or is it the other way around? I think it's the other way around. God damn it. So we're slandering right now. That's correct. No, we're not, because <laughs> I don't think that Christopher Walken killed him. As the police said, he's yeah. no longer a person of interest. Robert Wagner, on the other hand, is. So is that slander? No, he's a person of interest. So you can just say that? I mean, I mean, the police have declared him a person of interest. So are they slandering? No. <laughs> They're police. <laughs> this whole thing's gone cuckoo bananas. It's all fake news. Um, Natalie Wood live, is alive and well and working in the White House as Ivanka Trump. Are you happy to see that Kevin Pollack is in this movie? Yes, he plays the... Uh, the mole. I mean, the eye. Yeah, the, the clerk at the permit office for the Park and Recreation A Department. A juicy role. Because they need to get permits to have this big party, and then he has no pigment in his right eye, and so they do a bunch of eye jokes. It's pretty much just the mole scene from Austin Powers yes. 3. Yeah, but before. But before, absolutely absolutely correct. I can't deny that, that this is before it. <laughs> I've realized that almost all of my notes are quotes. Uh, I will say, I want to say this. Del Preston, uh, you referenced him in the intro. He is yeah. the, the English roadie that they hire on the Ghost of Jim Morrison's uh, recommendation. And they sort of lead to him. They have a funny um, sort of meta scene where Garth and Wayne fly to London in obviously a cheap model plane right? Um, on a string. As a and yeah. they land in London. And it's obviously like stand-ins that don't even match their heights. And they play that up for laughs. Uh, and they go to uh, this guy's flat, as they would call it there. <laughs> Um, now that means elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I kept like waiting for this guy to be a huge like celebrity because it had that weight of yeah. like, well, obviously the plot requires him to be English. So whoever they hired, they probably had to retrofit it to be an Englishman. And then it was just this guy whose like biggest role was like with Nail and I, which is a great movie, but it's not the same like character basically. In it's that. weird. Yeah. It's a weird. Uh, it's a big lift for this movie for very little payoff. That means apartment. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's, it's, a, it's a fun character. I mean, I never saw that other movie that you said with Nail and I. Is it? It's a pretty good movie, actually. Um, it's got Rise of Skywalker star Richard E. Grant in it. Okay. Ooh. Gulp. Um, 
he the character is is entertaining he's like this world-renowned roadie and so they need his thing but yeah it does feel like the way because they way they enter his apartment's like a big reveal and then when they do reveal him he's hanging upside down so you can't really tell who he is i thought it was clive owen at first and then again my brain was like that doesn't too early yeah (laughs) but then he goes right side up and you're like oh yeah i don't i still don't know who that is (laughs) But his character is, is funny. It's not that. It's just the way it's, you're absolutely right. The way it's presented is totally like, this has got to be, I don't know, Elton John or something. I don't know who would it be. I don't know. <laughs> right. But, um, Paul oh, McCartney. Alec Guinness. What are, <laughs> what are you doing here? And by here, I mean this ethereal plane. <laughs> um, but yeah, Del Preston is, he keeps telling the same old story, which I definitely remember of, how he had to get brown M&Ms for Ozzy Osbourne or he, or he wouldn't go on, sh- on stage, yeah. but he keeps telling it and they had to break into a sweet shop and he wrestles, he kills a Bengal, Bengal tiger and then murders the, <laughs> the shop owner and his son with their own <laughs> shoes. And so it's this, every time he tells the story, everybody's like, okay. But then he keeps telling it, which is a recurring bit. Yeah. I um I kind of like that character, but I felt like if he were in the first Wayne's World, he would have been executed a lot better. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't want to say he was shitty, but it just felt like there was something missing. Yeah. Like, it felt like there was, like, a through line that I just wasn't picking up on. Like, I got that he might have a violent streak because he also yeah. has, like, guys with machine guns on stage. In his little model of the... <laughs> in his little the, model yeah. of, the, of how the stage was going to be set up. Um, so he gets a few laughs out of me, but I, I yeah. as as a character who got a whole like segment of the plot, I was like, "What is this guy doing here? And what does he bring to this movie?" And I never really got it. Yeah, it's like every aspect of this movie needed one more pass. Like it's not it's not bad. It's like right. not like unfinished or like oh this is rough. But it's got that very sequel feel to it. Like it feels a little maybe rushed or maybe they just didn't quite. Like we we were impressed in the first movie. Like not that it's like this great work of art, but that that they took a sketch, which is a very short form, and made a movie out of it. And it was like a interesting plot. And they they had fun with it. They used very sketch like yeah. things in it, but it didn't just feel like a series of sketches. And then this one just was like a looser idea. Like the the plot of having to put on a, a music festival. Sure, that's fine. That's fine, but. Yeah, every every aspect of it is like the script is not as punchy. The performances are not quite there, even though they're not poor. The like musical elements, which were like a huge part of the first one, are not really there. Yeah, in the same way. Uh, and I feel like it 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 didn't do that thing that I hate sequels doing, which is like ignore the entire like elements of the first movie right i hate it when they moved when on movies yeah. i hate it when movies uh sort of write off love interests that we spent the whole last movie <laughs> yeah. like being invested in and like oh yeah she had to like you know she went back home to england and i'm yeah. like but so you've sort of ruined the whole first movie or whatever um but it also like i feel like it wanted to do that and it also didn't want to build on wing like wayne like has this show that he fought really hard to produce in the first movie and then in this one he has that show still but everyone's like this is a nobody he's going nowhere i'm like isn't he like a local star like it feels like he's something he's not nothing like it it feels like everyone's still shitting on him in the same level that they right shat him on the first one i'm like but he he's like a, a celebrity now like he has a 
career that he's right. yeah building upon and uh it's felt like they still wanted wayne campbell to be in the same like the big lower loser. strata yeah and i was like that doesn't work anymore yeah um i also like felt i think going off of what you're saying i felt like the meta bits uh they were always a little too involved they didn't yeah, feel yeah. like meta bits they felt like plot points right. like for example kim basinger plays uh uh, what is her name? Honey Hornet. Yeah. Uh, who is into Garth. And she like gets a whole like B plot. And Garth actually gets like a, a like an arc of like yeah. his own like development. And it's kind of charming. He's growing up. It, He's yeah. It sort of like devolves into her like revealing that she really just wants him to kill her husband. Right. Um, and then once she it. reveals this like big plot point that I think was is going to be like a big payoff because it's kind of silly and off the wall. He leaves that scene drops the gun she gave him to kill her husband off in a flower pot and then we never see her again <laughs> it's never referenced again yeah. and he ends up with a girl he met in the His permit twin. office <laughs> and i'm like okay but why did you do that thing then if you wanted it to be like a meta plot i like that but why did it take up so much time to get here right um and then the desert visions, I feel like they just, like every other minute, I felt like we were yeah, in a desert vision yeah. with a Native American yeah. guiding us. And I was like, when's this going to pay off? I never really the device does. was fine, but like it just like. I guess it never goes to another level. Like right. I get like, oh, wow, Jim Morrison, that's a funny joke. But then when he returns to Jim Morrison yeah. the desert the second time, I'm like, and now it's still the same joke. Right. Uh, it never really like builds upon itself and it never really pays off. So it just seems like filler in this movie. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, Del Preston, who is actually a plot point, seems like a meta bit. Yeah, he doesn't get. And I'm like, when is. Any development. Yeah, it yeah. just, it always just seems like. B plots and meta bits are kept with the, at the same level and they never really pay off. Yeah. I buy that. And maybe that's what it is. I I I wrote down sequel feel. You know what I mean? It right. feels like how I think of your typical sequel. That's like even and I'd say this I mean this qualifies as like it's not awful, but there's something about it that like doesn't reach the level of the original it's hard for me to put my finger on it and i think maybe that's what that is well the weird thing the like the 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 uh, the old wives tale on sequels that's not how i what i mean <laughs> um but it's like go bigger like do the same thing but right. bigger right and it felt like this one actually did the same thing but smaller right like yeah. instead of him like fighting for his career and meeting this great girl it was like i'm going to emotionally abuse this girl and like put on a big show yeah and i'm like okay didn't feel as big I mean, as they got the, a bigger musical act i guess Aerosmith i guess bigger so. than alice cooper but i mean muscle tough on that good job can we talk about the toxic masculinity in this is that, movie is that you want what you want to i think that's my big last thing well okay let me go through my no, favorite no, no, quotes but yeah let's 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 oh and you want to i'm sure that's on your favorite quotes don't worry about it um i'll go through the ones that i've quoted in my life I'm sure that there are other ones, I'm sure, in here. Uh, when they go through the drive-thru and are just doing like, I'll have a large, I, I, we used to do that. Not, mm -hmm. I've never done it to a drive-thru oh, person no. because even when I was a little asshole, I never went that far. They make minimum wage. There's no yeah. reason to attack them. But that was a pretty good bit. Um, I'm having fun. <laughs> I think he said that in the first movie, didn't he? Like when uh, I can't remember, but I did like that when he's, uh, he's what is that called? I was about to call it mo Motley Crewing. That's not right. What is that called? Crowd surfing. That's right. Yeah. 
I'm definitely What cool. a cool guy you are. <laughs> a lot of people's girlfriends are in there. That's funny. I don't know why I referenced that. So I feel like I still reference that. And what, can you give me a circumstance in which you would say that to another human being? Like, if any anybody's like, uh, yeah, I, I gotta get in there. You go like, listen, a lot of people's girlfriends are <laughs> it, Okay. I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm just saying I quote it a fair bit. Um, I already said my mom gave me a dollar and dropped me off at the park and ride. Uh, I had to beat them to death with their own shoe. Yeah. Um, Why wouldn't you say that in your right. regular life? Well, cross all the T's and dot all the lowercase j's (laughs) she says when he's talking to the guy with the weird eye kevin pollock's character it's a different eye dj you're right absolutely right um finally took like two hours when he says he's drying his clothes i say that a lot i say that a little bit too much probably um I remember I never I didn't quote this so much as uh, my friend Brad growing up always quoted uh, good tunes, good brews, good times. That was uh, <laughs> Chris Farley. Let's talk about Chris Farley real quick while we're on it. Um, R.I.P. Is this a different character or not? Because I said it was because I think I I may have read that in the initial IMDb trivia. Well, the I, yeah, the right? IMDb trivia does does clearly state it's a different guy. Uh, the guy in the first movie is not named. He is listed yeah. as security guard. He's Milton uh, in this In one. this, he is Milton. But when he first appears, I mean, he does also have a completely different look than He's the got first long one. hair. Yeah. He's got long hair, whereas it, before it was little, uh, big guy in tiny t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, Chris security Farley. Security guy, guy. Uh, professional Chris Farley is my favorite Chris Farley. Yeah. Um, and in this, he's a lot more like Lucy Goosey. He's got long hair. He kind of just looks like, like Meatloaf and Sam Kinison had yeah. a baby. Um, but when he first appears, Mike Myers says, "Yeah, he's changed a lot." Yeah, and I think he's the same character. I think I was wrong, and I think IMDb is maybe wrong. so. I think it doesn't matter, but like it certainly does not. <laughs> but yeah, the movie that, is does not care. And I think that's the like that was the point of that little line was just like yeah he was in the first movie remember chris farley we all know this is chris farley who gives a fuck let's move on to some we're all getting tons of money we don't have time for this we got to spend 15 straight minutes (laughs) on a the graduate reference (laughs) um when he when wayne gives a speech at comrades the bar when they're raising money to get the permits he says i promised myself i wouldn't cry Definitely, a thing which I've is quoted. definitely great. Also, definitely Linda Richmond. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, pff, this coke's gone bad. That was what I was waiting for. I got bingo. I got that. That was the quote I was waiting on. Yes, I used to quote that a fair bit. Uh, that someone, one, you, your wife made us rewind and watch the, again. Yeah, the thing. As actually, as someone who doesn't enjoy alcohol so much, that is a thing I completely sympathize with. Kim Basinger makes uh, Garth an old-fashioned very quickly, I might add, as <laughs> yes. someone who's made an old-fashioned, um, and he drinks it, doesn't even have time to taste it, <laughs> and he go, he just spits it out and goes, "This coke's gone bad." And then right after they're they're dancing, and he goes, "You're real squiggly." <laughs> Done that before. Um, and then Chris Farley when he the crowd is getting restless none of the acts have shown up wayne has left <laughs> wayne stock to go uh save cassandra or get cassandra back and they're on stage just checking mics that have already been checked <laughs> and chris probably keeps going check two <laughs> check two and i i do that all the time 
it's good. It's funny because he's needlessly intense. Yes, yeah. that's Chris Farley in a nutshell. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay. Which, by the way, uh, yeah. was the movie he was working on when he died? Chris Farley in a nutshell. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You're right, DJ. You caught me in a lie. Wagons and East. you've won ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we did it. We got him. <laughs> I do like that, John. Yeah, that's bit. a good bit. Um, the, the, the balloon comes out. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, do you want to you want to end with? Okay. Your, so let's, you want to end with your grand finale? Let's yes. Fucking it's do always it. about the women. Yeah. Uh, oh, jeez. So in the la- oh, so in the last movie, uh, Wayne is pretty okay. Uh, dude in the parlance of our time mm-hmm. um and uh he has a bad moment near the end at the end of act two uh in the first movie where right. he accuses cassandra of cheating on him with uh rob Lowe. and who wouldn't haircut or none right um the very handsome man. in this one by mid act one he's already accusing cassandra of sleeping with yeah christopher walken now in the first one i might give him a pass in that one Rob Lowe's so handsome. Yeah. And two, he's under a lot of stress. Right. But in this one, also, nothing's he, happened yet. She's literally yeah. just working with Christopher Walken and he accuses her of cheating on him. And it just like very colors insecure. the whole yeah. thing. Uh, and he spies on her later. He and spies then, on her despite yeah. it leading to a very surprisingly <laughs> not unhomophobic, but. <laughs> It's not the worst, not the worst gay thing. bar scene in the nineties, uh, and uh, yeah, just colors the whole relationship with Cassandra. And then I af- think after Tia- that, she catches him. He bre- he breaks up yes. with her. Sorry, oh. Tia Carrere, you're saying? Uh, well, I was just going to say that Tia Carrere gets short shrift in the first movie. I would say because she's a sort of collection of like she's hot girl babe. stuff. Yeah, um, and this one, I felt like they had a chance to like sort of like yeah. flesh out her character and she's still just she's such a babe i think she gets even less to do in this yeah because they don't need she to doesn't even play her. yeah she, she doesn't, doesn't even play, play music. music or like get to be an yeah. awesome like rocking chick again she's very cool playing guy. bass in the band anymore i guess yeah i don't know yeah she just seems to be like this thing yeah and i mean throughout the movie she, of course, is hanging out with Christopher Walken because they have a professional relationship, Wayne. Um, but then the movie almost takes, like, the plot takes Wayne's side and she's, like, inexplicably marrying him at the end. Yeah. I mean, one, to justify a, uh, an extended graduate reference. Yeah. But it still, like, makes no sense. Like, she's... There wasn't really no romantic yeah. interest in Christopher Walken. And he's barely shown any romantic interest in her. A little bit. He you said, know, I love you at one point, but that yeah. was like and she a tossed off thing. talks right over it. She doesn't notice. But it, it just seems really dumb. Yeah. 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 It's, it is like, it's not, it's it, in both movies, it's played as he's wrong. He's in, as Wayne is in the wrong, but it's also, he's the hero. So like in the first movie, right. you know, he is wrong. He drives her off. Um, with his jealousy but then he goes and he kind of apologizes and then eventually kind of actually apologizes and then 
it's over. But, but then this apology sort of negates that because he's still being super jealous. Yeah. So it shows he's made no progress on that. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote down that she, he doesn't support her career aspirations because when right. she's like, I have to go to LA for a little bit, he acts like a complete dick about it. Yeah. And then he has a sort of fight with her father, which is not right. a good uh, method. And another very long reference. A very long reference to, you know, samurai movies yeah. which i mean i guess is racially loaded um yeah. but still also i mean i feel like we were in a weird period in the early 90s of that sort of quentin tarantino like b movies that no one gave right. any crap yeah. about are now like the low art has become high art right uh so there was sort of a a zeitgeist thing of like reevaluating these like Making fun of while celebrating. Kind of, right. Yeah, these yeah, these type yeah. of movies. So I don't want to say like, oh, this is a racist segment, but yeah. uh, it is. a. I mean, the way she, uh, I don't even know how to say this. Yeah. Like in the first movie, she, uh, he learns Cantonese for her. Right. Which I'm like, okay. Uh, and in this one, it doesn't go beyond that. He is, uh, she brings her father over from, from China and, um, they have this extended dubbed fight scene. Um, but he wins her. He, he wins, wins her his, over. Yeah. She's wearing like kimonos at times and like silk. It's like a silk dress. Silk dress. Yeah. It's just all very yeah. racially loaded, I guess yeah. I would say, rather than racist. It just seems like you have nothing else to say about Tia Career aside from she's hot and she's Asian. Yeah. Yeah. And she has music. I'll, we'll get to that later, but she has music. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying we'll get to that later as in I'm the mu- movie. Right. We'll yeah. get to it if we have time. Yeah. But sometimes she plays music off screen. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he had trouble booking acts for Wayne Stock because he didn't offer them money. <laughs> and you never see him calling Aerosmith's like agents or booking Yeah, he does. Team. He's, he's on the phone. Being oh, like, that's I'm not right. mental or anything. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Maybe he should have offered them money. Yeah. That's you usually... know, money is an exchange of goods and services. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Aerosmith would not give two fucks if no one was there if you paid their fee. <laughs> <laughs> they will take your 2.30 in the afternoon <laughs> slot at Wayne Stock as long as you pay them the $45,000. headlining slot in Aurora. <laughs> um, I feel like we've... Covered it. You want to go I to the verdict? I think we've got it. Go to the verdict? Here we go. We're going to the verdict. Come with us. <laughs> it's right over here. And we've arrived at the verdict. <laughs> Be quiet. Um, the verdict's sleeping. I'm going to go first because I feel like you're going to have more to say. Um, I feel like, I mean, what else can I say? I'll okay. figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say you're in a child is not an idiot, um, but it's not as good as the first one. Um, it's not bad movie. Um, we just spent an hour talking about what's wrong with it. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to like the, to recap. The, Wayne is not as compelling of a character. It all feels a little more half-assed. The bits go on too long. Um, everything's just a little bit weaker. And so if I were comparing the two, you know, that's one thing, but 
it's not a bad movie. I didn't, I wasn't like mad about watching it. And it's not one of those where like, oh, I thought I remember this being an amazing movie and it's shit, Mm -hmm. which happens to us a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is more like, I remember being pretty good. And it was like, it's maybe less good than I remember, but it's not bad. I'm not, I'm not never going to watch this again. And I'm not mad that we watched it. Uh, I think think? it it helps if you conflate the two together. Like you you had talked about you doing. Yes, that helped too. That does elevate this one a little bit. And again, not that the first one was like a masterpiece or anything, but we giggled a lot. It was fun. It was, yeah. I did not laugh nearly as much in this movie, which is a big measure of a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is damning praise for a comedy. Uh, I'm going to pull a Democratic voter in 2020 and vote strategically and say, your inner child is an idiot. Wow. Wow. Um I, yeah, I would agree, but I would agree with all your sentiments. I yeah. just want to split the vote on this one. Okay, um, yeah. Just to give it a little knock. You know, when the Wayne's World producers start checking all of our stats, I want them to know they got a little nick on this And you what? And Penelope's Fierce <laughs> listens and goes like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Eat that, Michael Myers. Yeah, I used your full name when you yeah. were a serial killer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think if you're going to watch one of these movies, watch the first one. Yeah. You can probably avoid this. If you never saw this, you'd be fine. Um, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of quotable things, despite the evidence in front of me, uh, yeah. that you could get out of this movie. Uh, so There was even more in the first one. You can so miss if, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- th- it's not a terrible movie. I yeah. would say the first one is good, and this one is fine. Yeah. But I'm going to ding it, because it seems like a half-assed retread of the first one. Wow. 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 What do you think, everybody? Why don't you email us? Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. Or you can call us 615-576-0525. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. Um, You can become, you know, what was I going to say? Was I gonna say well, Patreon? you can check us out on Facebook. You can check us out on Twitter. You can yeah. check us out on Instagram. You can also, for example, pull up the Patreon so we can say their names out yeah. loud. Um, those Wait. are some of the things you can do. You Instead can f- of having Natalie Wood's death just <laughs> waiting for you on Wikipedia here. You can follow you can follow Damon on social media, but not me anymore. Ooh, it's resolution. I haven't deleted anything. I yet. mean you can follow him and it won't be, do you any good. <laughs> but when did it do you any good? Um you can follow us on Instagram, of course. I draw things there. Yeah, you do. Sometimes, uh fairly regularly nowadays. Yeah, you, Damon's been doing full color shit. Full man. call. Don't say full call. Do you have to do another Full color for Wayne's I was World trying 2? To, don't worry. I'm already trying to think of how I can get out of it. <laughs> I mean, you can just not do it. I thought about having We've me dressed. We've done that for many episodes. I thought about having me dressed as Garth and you out of costume now. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of a joke for that one. So I'll figure it out. We want to thank our patrons, including our newest patron, the, ze- the zesty South Canadian. I'm sorry. Can you um, can you say that again? Just just in case the next episode, then it's my turn. I might just have to say Jason because I'm not going to be able to do this every time. (laughs) But uh, well, this time because he's a new patron. Thank you very much, Jason, or the zesty South Dakotan, as I like to call. As in a South Dakotan who's zesty? He's not even. He's a North Dakotan. (laughs) Jason, I don't know what you're going for here, but it's zesty and I like it. Thank you, Jason. We've also got. Oh, wait, can you increase the size a little bit? <laughs> you blind motherfucker. I can't see a thing without my glasses that I have on. We also have Little Flick. Just Cuz. Jacob Grimm. Thank you for your message. Brandon Hardy. Christine in Brooklyn. His Honor the Mayor. 
the aforementioned Jeremy Powlin. Joshua Nicholson. Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro. Dan McIntyre. Ghosts in the Burbs. And Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. If you want to be a patron like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. I want to thank Ben and Goldstein for editing this episode. <laughs> you're going to have to Ooh. earn your money with that one. You're going to have to cut a lot of us reading about <laughs> Natalie Wood's death. A lot of Googling to cut out today, <laughs> Benny. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Why don't you go? Why don't you start singing that Aerosmith, your favorite Aerosmith song to cut? To oh get yeah, us out. the Mrs. Doubtfire theme. Yeah. Can you imagine if a dude looked like a lady? Oh my god! Ooh, but Joe Perry though. Maybe open up your fucking eyes, Aerosmith. <laughs> you know, uh, if the dude wants to look like a lady, or transition by the transitive property. The lady wants to look like a dude. How about you fucking worry about your own business? Yeah. Once you, for example, your drummer suing your ass. Yeah, that's crazy. We didn't talk about Aerosmith drama that's going on right now. Drummer was showed up. Did he show up? He showed up, and they were the security turned him away. He was actually like, "I know you guys are doing just doing your job," and he walks away, which is like. A pretty reasonable reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Aerosmith releases a statement that's like, we called him for rehearsals. He can't just show up. We got a new drummer. And it was like, I don't know what's going on here. But so I, is he injured himself? I don't know. I didn't. I mean, not self-harm, but I mean, he, he was injured and that's why he wasn't drumming. And that's why they hired a new drummer. That's what I understood. I don't know. I, I read. And like, then he's like, oh, you're performing at the Grammys. I want to perform at the Grammys. I read like four sentences about this. So but they made him yeah. audition. What? Supposedly they made him audition. They're the new, like the he can't old ke- guy, the old guy, the guy who'd been drumming for them wow. for years, and uh, said he couldn't keep up. And I'm like, can any of you keep up? Wow, wow. Anyway, <sighs> what I'm trying to say is that Joe Perry was very attractive in the era that Wayne's World Two was filmed. What I'm trying to say is, Jenny's got a gun. <laughs> Remember in um, was it scary movie or not another teen movie where uh, someone gives a guy advice to like find a song that the girl you have a crush on her name is mentioned and the girl he likes is Janie and he sings <laughs> Janie's got a gun and everyone like runs away because they think that she's gonna shoot everyone. I literally have not even seen the movie I'm referencing. I'm just going off of the commercials I remember as a kid. I was very alone. <laughs>